Hey, good people. This is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I'm not going to do any disclaimers today. So if you are new to this project, please go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. want to say that I'm not going to be here with you long, but you know when I start talking, we don't know what's going to happen. But um, today I had received two pieces of news. I think that's how you say it. I received some news, two different announcements. And I really just want to talk about one of those announcements. So the first one that I'm not going to talk about is that my niece is graduating from a prestigious historically black black college or university, HBCU. I may have mentioned that to you already. But she's graduating magnum cum laude, and I think that is... I know there's summa cum laude. I think I'm saying that right. But anyway, magnum cum laude is 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 um, higher in terms of GPA. And so I I think I think that's a three point eight or higher. And then the other one, summa summa cum laude. I'm not sure. Is three point six to three point eight. Um. Anyway, she got that announcement and. It overwhelmed us, and we. I was when I got the news. Um, I was driving, and I had to pull off the road because I was just overwhelmed with joy, and um, it was a lot. And my niece has struggled a little bit with. Um, I don't know if I should say depression or sadness. I'm not sure, but um, we've you know she's been through a lot the last four years, with people pop dying and. Losing friends and being away from home. And so she just, to know that she persevered, um, it's amazing. I mean, that she was able to push through and get the grades that she got. You know, and and the fact that her parents divorced, that's another thing she went through. Um, And one of the, one person who passed away in 2018 was her grandfather. And he was... um, well, you know, kind of like the one who it was, he was her nanny when my, my sister was working and my uh, brother-in-law were working. So my stepfather, my niece's grandfather, not by blood, but that's kind of how it's just what it was. And he was there with them. So the fact that she pushed through all of that and, you know, we're just so, so proud, so happy for her. So I got that news right around. 10 o'clock I came home maybe 10.30 came home and was going to meet a lady, someone out for a walk we had scheduled to do a walk and so I met her at 1 o'clock today, today is Saturday by the way met her at 1 o'clock and uh, not even 15 minutes into the walk let's just say 15 minutes into the walk um my sister called, and I had already talked to my sister today. So I wasn't going to answer the call, but I'm like, well, I talked to her today. She's calling back for, not to just chit-chat, but she's calling back for a reason, so let me answer. 
So when I answered, I didn't say hello. I, I answered, is everything okay? Because that's just what I do because we just talked earlier today. So for you to call me back. So again, instead of saying hello, I answered the phone. Is everything okay? And she said no. And there was a chillingness in her voice. And I said, you know, and that hit me. And I said, is it bad news? And she said, yes. And that's all I could handle. I just couldn't handle anymore. So I, I just went into an emotional space and, um, the person I was walking with, I don't know her. I mean, well, we've, we've had, we've met for coffee twice and maybe we've talked on the phone th- four times. So we were, this is like a budding friendship and was having a good discussion. And so I'm like calling for her to come and get the phone. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. You know, I'm, if you guys don't know, I just buried my dad in September and I'm still grieving that. And I've just got to a place where I'm not thinking so much about life and death. I was thinking about life and death so much. He died in September and every day. I was having a hard time coming back to just a normal day. I mean, every day I was just thinking about, is life real? Is death real? All you have to do is go and listen to even up until season four. I did a an episode, Transsensory, I believe, questioning what is reality and that's how I, that's how I grieve. I start analyzing, start analyzing, start researching, reading, writing. And, and I just got to the place. I don't even know when, maybe when I took this new job or I wasn't processing the afterlife. And then my sister called today and I asked her, I asked her, is everything okay? She said, no. I said, is it bad? She said, yes, and that's all I can handle. So this lady that I barely know, I'm like, I'm like, please take the phone. Please take the phone. And so she took the phone and I walked away. I mean, I walked far away from her. I did not want to be close to her. So I see her talking to my sister and I'm trying to read her body language, I'm trying to read the situation. So f- finally... She says, it's not your mom. I think I said, did somebody die? I'm like yelling because I'm, I'm like running away from her. I turn around and say, did somebody die? And she said, yes. And then she paused and she's talking to my sister. I can't hear what she's saying. And she says, and I said, and then she said, it's not your mom. And I'm like in shock. I'm in, uh, I can't even tell you. I just can't even process what I was feeling. And the whole time I'm just aware of myself. I'm aware of myself. I'm aware of my thinking. I'm aware of my feelings. And, and then she says, it's not your nieces. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sense of it. Like, okay, it's not my mom, it's not my nieces. I'm trying to think who, you know. And I think I walked to the phone and I said, is, is, it a, is it one of my aunts or uncles? 
She talks to my sister and she said, yes. I started screaming and crying again. And then she said, it's not on your mother's side. I only have one aunt on my dad's side. So I got the phone. And my dad's sister died. And um, I'm not really here to unpack that. Um, I really don't even know what I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling a lot. I know I'm feeling a lot. I know I'm feeling what I, I do know that what I'm feeling is different than what I felt with my dad. And that confuses me because I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I want to analyze it. I want to figure it out. You guys, if you can hear noise in the backdrop, it's just started raining, lightning and thundering. So, you know, I have my emotional, like, and uh, it's the hard part of it. So I'm walking and I'm like, okay, this lady doesn't know me. And I'm like showing her all this, like, and she knows me as this professional. We're co- in the professional workspace and so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit conscious of that and and I say uh, I'm so sorry I'm sorry you have to see me like this so anyway I walked I got my sister's calling me back my mom's calling me back and we have to call my cousin which is my aunt's son and he's still been dealing with my dad's death and not in a good way I mean we're none of I mean I would say that my father's death hit the two of us the most. My, I hit me and it hit my cousin. And so my cousin has been sending these crazy texts last, even in the last few weeks. And, um, I'm just going to be really honest. I don't, I have unplugged from them. I haven't talked to anybody but my sister. So my dad had four kids. Um, I just have been talking to my sister. We have another half-sister and half-brother. Now, my brother, he texts, but he doesn't, like, he does a lot of surface talk. Like, like really surface talking. So I've been, you know, I try to engage with him on that. I don't talk to my half-sister. I'm not going to even get into that right now. But um, I haven't talked to my cousin because his grief is so overwhelming that I can't park my grief to tend to his grief. And his mother, my aunt, her grief has been pretty overwhelming. And I'm going to be really honest, you guys. I I have not tended to her. I was trying to. And then, you know, in the fall after my dad died around Thanksgiving... They got into this, oh, right, not Thanksgiving. It was um, before Thanksgiving. They got into this, uh, she was like going into this really intense space about what my father had possession of and what his his estate and wanting to fight and wanted to fight my, you know, not just really get into the situation with my stepmother and my half sister and I'm like I don't I don't have the energy to deal with that. I genuinely don't. I have my own pain that I'm dealing with with my dad and 
how complicated that relationship was. And the fact is I was still, I was his closest child, but I was the one that fought with him the most. I don't know if you guys can understand how complicated that is to be the closest to him, yet to be the furthest away, farthest away. So when my aunt started calling with all of that battling and stuff, I just didn't take the call. I didn't take the call. So naturally, I'm thinking about that right now. And then maybe a a few weeks after that, my sister calls and my brother, my brother calls. And I find out that my aunt and her son, my cousin, out of town. She went out of town to stay with him as her grief. And they're fighting. And then she has to find a way back to home, back to the home state. And I couldn't handle it. I I didn't, I just couldn't, I just couldn't. I mean, and I'm, I'm a little conflicted in saying that because this idea that I couldn't handle it, I probably could have. I didn't want to. I don't want to deal with the drama. My relationship with my dad was trauma. Your relationship with him was trauma. Your relationship to me was trauma. Your relationship to your kid was trauma. I don't want it. I'm trying to heal and trying to grow. So I didn't take the call. I haven't talked to my aunt. I haven't talked to my aunt since probably October. So you know I'm thinking about that right now. and Trying to figure out if I have guilt. Do I feel guilty? What do I feel? And what do you do when you come from this intergenerational trauma and it's conflict-ridden and it's pain? It's just a lot. What do you do? And I think one of the things that I've been trying to do as I've been trying to heal is take care of me and say it's okay. It's okay to take care of the self. And now she's not around. It's one thing you don't talk to a person and you go in the back of your mind. You're like, one day we'll talk. Now there's that one day doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And so, I don't know if you guys can, it's thundering. It's storming outside. So, so anyway... I am the only, well, I'm the only living relative in locally. So the police and my sister kind of had a few words. <laughs> my sister was like, I don't have a number. So she never gave them the number because she wanted to tell my cousin. And, and I don't think she, I don't know if she had the right number. I don't know, but. We just were worried he's pretty emotional and he's intense and magnag- magnanimous, extra loud, drama driven. And my sister just did not want the police to tell my cousin this, who's out of town. So, so I went to the house. I went to my aunt's house today and I assumed that they had already removed her body. And took it to the morgue or something. But they hadn't. So. You know. I 
took a minute, but I went to go see her body. She was just laying in the bed. It didn't look like she died in stress. I don't know. What does that even look like? I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I'm trying to get numbers. I'm trying to find my cousin. And can I tell you guys, I was a little self-serving. You guys know that I have a genealogist who's trying to find my lineage on my dad's side because my aunt did not want to give us any information. So we wanted information about that side of our family. She won't, she wouldn't give us any names. So just uh, last week, not this past week, last week, uh, my friend who's serving as our genealogist, she sent me some more information. She's finding information. And so as I'm in my aunt's house, I don't know if this is inappropriate, but I'm trying to find some numbers for my cousin. And I see names like it says cousin this, second cousin that. These are people I don't know. And I start taking pictures of it. I don't know why she didn't want us to have that information. It makes me wonder if there were secrets. I don't know. And I, part of me wants to respect that. Another part of me that that's my lineage. I want to know. So I had to go in her room. I was trying to find, you know, you have like a phone book. I ended up having to sit down next to the bed. It's kind of morbid. When my grandfather died, my grandmother died, my dad died, I was at the bedside before they died and after they died. But I've never just This was different. And she was dead for a few days. We don't know how long. We think it was somewhere around Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. It's horrible. This is like morbid. And so I'm like calling people in the house because they're waiting for the morgue. We're waiting to talk to my cousin because he's the he's the next of kin to make decisions. And he's not taking the calls. I can't make the decision. So eventually um, we I wait in that house three hours. And there was a moment my mother said is when the shock settles. She thinks they think I was just in shock. But there's a moment. There was a moment where I was just like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So I'm home now. I was there. I did wait until they removed the body because I was ready to go. And, and my mother, I was like, Maya, you think I should wait? And she didn't say it. She didn't want to make me feel guilty. But she was like, well, they should have been here by now. And when she said that, I was like, she thinks I should wait. And I waited. And so I was there when they removed the body and... My mother came, my mother came, and I was, first I said, don't come. This is me, I'm a grown-up, I gotta do this on my own. But when I found out that her body was still there, I didn't want to go look at the body on my own. So, I called my mom, and now I'm gonna tell y'all, I'm gonna come back into a reflection on that. My mother was just on something. My mother doesn't drink or do drugs, but I tell you, uh, she was on something. Not really, but just there was something about her. And I was like, Ma, Ma, would you just bring it down a little bit? I have to tell you guys, it was just a lot. But one thing I do appreciate, my mother went in the room. My mother's a minister, reverend. My mother started ministering to the body, talking to her, praying. And that made me feel so good. 
it made me feel so good, you know, to die by yourself. I want to do hospice work. I want to, when my grandfather was in hospice and he had all of these people around him to love on him. And then I could look in the room across the hall and see that the person there was dying and had no one. So I want to do hospice work. And so the fact that she died alone doesn't make me feel good. Doesn't make me feel good at all. And I don't have it. You know, I, I, I don't have that to sit and talk to her. Like I talked to my dad. I felt very awkward. I was there with my dad an hour before he died. And then I got there right after he died and I talked to him. But this was different. I don't know why. Maybe because I wasn't with her before she died. I don't know. Maybe because she had been in the house by herself for a few days. I don't know. But so I said, Auntie, I love you. I love you. But that's all I could say. And I talked to my mother, my grandmother, and my grandfather. That's all I could say. So when my mom came and was ministering to her, praying, talking to her, that made me feel so good. It It made me feel so good that my mom did that. So that's all I really wanted to share with you guys. Um, I don't know. Is it morbid? Is it morbid that I hit the record button? I don't know. But I've grown to understand that this project is something meaningful to me. It means something to me. And, um, and I needed to process for whatever, to whatever level or extent, uh, right now. So I'm like, do I feel guilty? Like, should I feel guilty because I haven't talked to her? Um, I got a feeling of feeling. I feel a little bit abandoned and rejected. I know that sounds crazy, but I feel that. I have to unpack that later. Um, I feel like a chapter of my life is closed. Like when my dad died, that was big, but his sister was still living because his parents are gone. He had a brother that's gone. And now when she's gone, it's like that part of my life is over. And that feels hard. That feels hard. So there's that. My cousin, we, it took us, it took us about seven hours to get in touch with him. And I was on the phone with him when he got the news. He didn't take it well. He hung up the phone. We haven't heard from him. I don't know how he's doing. I don't know. He's in another state. No one can get to him. We don't know where he's at. We don't have an address. We don't have any of his friends. We don't know. So we, that's an unknown. So I'm worried there. My half sister, who is on record as being irritated with my aunt, but I guess they had some kind of closeness, which makes me feel even, it feels, makes me feel sad because it was a closeness based on it was it was a negative closeness, and I honestly, and that's something I came to terms with. I talked about it after my dad died. My aunt and I were close, and then we weren't. And I believe that she got close with my niece, my sister. And I think it was gossip driven. They talk. I mean, it's all drama. It's all drama. It's trauma, and that's just the whole intergenerational trauma. And that's why I'm really glad I got to this place in my life. And you guys. It was recorded in the spring or the early 2021 when I realized it's not just my tra- uh, trauma. I come from a family of trauma. It's intergenerational. 
And once I came to terms with that, it's not just me suffering. They're not just triggering me, I'm triggering them. And so I just, I'm trying to make peace with the fact that she and my younger sister developed a closeness that excluded me, that was really based, I'm not going to say it was based, but a big portion of their closeness was talking about me. That hurts because I was her, my aunt, I was her baby. I was the person who made her an aunt. She was about 14 years old when I was born. I was always her baby. I was the closest one to her, even more than my sister, my double sister. And so I'm feeling that tonight. I'm feeling a little anger. I'm I'm still grieving my dad, so this is like extra because I can't call my dad. I don't know. But that's all. I wanted to come and talk to my friends. <laughs> and I know people who call their books their friends. I know a person who's like, my books are my friends. And if you can say your books are your friends, and I can say my podcast crew, you're my friends. So I'm going to go lay down. I actually am thinking about doing karaoke tonight. And I, I know that's crazy, but I'm like, to be in this house by myself, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do. It's interesting. It's interesting. I called a friend of mine and asked her to come and come to the house. I attract people who are not emotionally available. And I think there's a reason why I attract them. Because I think and I wonder if people who are emotionally available are too much for me. Because I grew up with people who weren't emotionally available. So when I meet people who are available, it's too much. I can't handle it. And I don't think about it that they're available or not until I need them. And then they're not around. Because they're not available. That's what it is. (laughs) So... So it just makes me even just think about who I'm attracted, who I'm drawn to and why. And not, I'm not angry. I called this, she's the only friend I called. Cause I don't want to call any other friend cause I don't want to be, I don't want to feel needy. But I called this one. And, uh, just like the other friend who wasn't available, my dad died. And so I'm, I can't even be mad at these people. I have to ask myself, I still haven't, even the lady that I was with today, and trying to build a friend, new friendship with her. You would have thought she would have called to check up on me. She hasn't called. She hasn't called. So I am going to accept that this is about me. Me draw, being drawn to a certain type of a person with a certain emotional capacity. I'm going to own that. I don't know. I'm going to own it. So. So for now, you guys are my friends. And again, of course you're my friends because I don't know you. <laughs> and it's just, I, it's just emotional. It's just the emotional, uh, the emotionality, if you will, of a person is just a lot. So I often am attracted to people who are emotionally disconnected. And then when I need them, they're not available because they're disconnected. It's a very fascinating thing. So but there used to be a time where I was like irritated 
bitter about it. And now I'm not because I get it. I have to own it. I have to own it. So I'm doing good. The house is dark. I was worried. About, I feel like I said, it's just, just this one feels different out of all of the other passings. I didn't have fear. It didn't feel it didn't. But this one feels different. I didn't think I was going to be able to be in the house by myself. But here I am in the house by myself and it's dark. So so I think I'm going to probably try to do some karaoke just to lighten the mood. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm going to try. And so thank you guys for being here. And uh, I, I hope this is not too morbid. Maybe I'll put that in the show notes, my trigger, trigger warning, trigger alert. <laughs> so anyway, it is what it is. So. I don't have a homework assignment for you. Is that okay? I just don't have one for you today. But it has been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.